and we should be live. So this is Dean with the Two Party Podcast. I'm here with Dustin Miller. Uh, he is the Poly Innovator. Hello. And, uh, it's good to have you on here. So uh, what I'd like to do is kind of have you tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, tell us where you're from, what you're into, and, and uh, interesting enough, tell us about the Poly Innovator, how that came about. All right. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Poly Innovator is about this idea of becoming a polymath of innovation. So my personal brand is built around that journey of becoming one. I don't consider myself one just yet because many people don't realize that polymath is someone with a deep level of knowledge in many different areas. So I figured I'd give that little definition real quick in case people mm -hmm. didn't know what that word meant. Yep. And so what I've been talking about is my main niche at the particular point has been about polymathy and finding these multidisciplinary people. So we were talking before we started recording how we've both been doing a ton of interviews back to back. Mm -hmm. and never ends, of, never ends. Yeah, never <laughs> ends. And it's, I have one tomorrow, I had one yesterday, it's going to be great. Yeah. But um, a lot of people I'm interviewing are people who are multidisciplinary. So people who have very various different skills. So the one yesterday was a neuroscientist, musician, piano technician, and much more. And the fact that there's a divergent skill set, I want to exemplify all those traits. Right. Not just focus on one thing. Okay. And where are you from? Missouri. So okay. I'm not too far away from you, I don't think. I was going to say I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, not too far at all. Um, so you, you bring up like people with different, different talents and stuff. Um, I mean, I guess I'm in that category. I have done everything from fire ranger, fire and safety. I am now a general contractor in construction. I have a computer degree in, in engineering. Um, man, I, I could just go on and on. My resume is crazy. Uh, now I podcast, now I host, I produce. Um, I do business promotion and event coordinating. Um, so I guess I kind of fall in that loop. Yeah. It's interesting too, because a lot of the guests I've had have been podcast hosts and it's one of those things too, where a lot of shows focus on one thing. I've had issues yep. where I've, I've been a guest on a show and they wanted to focus on just one area of my life. But the problem is I like to share all of the details yes. about my life. And so I wanted to give people an opportunity to do so the same. What are some, what are some career paths you've been on? What are some things you've experienced? Yeah, good question. So Dean here, I've been doing swim instructing for nearly a decade. I've been teaching water aerobics and water boot camp and around that same time span, I was a lifeguard and pool manager, a barista, uh, escape room coordinator, as well as now in recent years, personal trainer. And then on top of that, just various other jobs as well. And now I'm obviously content creator, but I've been doing that since 2011 or so. That's pretty cool. I used to do, I used to lifeguard and I used to swim. Uh, I did, I was on the swim team out in Oregon and Eugene and Springfield when I grew up out there. I used to, that was one of my passions. I, I always, even today, I love swimming. We go down and visit the beach. I jump in the, right in the ocean. Don't even care. Sharks eat me. I don't care. Mm -hmm. uh, I just go and I just swim until I can't swim no more. Um, so you've had a lot of, obviously you've had a lot of background and uh, you said you teach uh, education um, business. Um, what, what are some, so what are some goals business wise, um, or, or basically in general, uh, as, as, as a poly innovator, what are you, where are you able to take all of these things that you've picked up in your, your careers? Uh, what is the vision? Where, where are you trying to go with it all? And another good question there. So I try to focus it on focus. What can I focus on right now in the micro, but also think about it in the macro. So one of my micro episodes is actually about macro and micro focus, where I try to talk about that and exemplify the fact that you have to know where you're going in the big picture, but you also have to do the daily goals, daily tasks to get you there. 
And so in the big picture, I envision these phases for Poly Innovator. This first one's been around education, particularly self-education through what I call a modular degree, this do-it-yourself learning experience. Yeah. And that's starting to evolve into me trying to build a platform for education. Um, not unlike edX, but a bit different in the way we gamify it and make sure it's more engaging for students. And then the next phases will come down to like exercise. Since that's my background, I definitely want to create content yeah, in it for sure. and go about that. I honestly probably should well, have. And you, want, and you want healthy clients too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and I want, I probably should have done more on the next phase early since the quarantine. I took advantage of the yeah. quarantine by doing interviews like you, Yeah. but that was kind of the only opportunity I really took into for that. Right. Uh, and then after that phase is like, gaming which is another interest in my life that i mm -hmm. thought i'd do some streaming stuff like that and even creating music which i see the guitar in the background i think you yes. can appreciate that as well yeah I, I i create you know i've been i my family has a musical background my grandfather was in music he was a musician his whole life till he passed away i mean he was playing almost up until he got real sick at the end there but uh music's been in our family forever um, I, I have dabbled and play, tried to play every instrument known to man, and I am not a professional at any of them at all, but uh, I love making music. I love playing with different software and, and just creating electronic music as well as playing instruments. Um, it's just something I've always done, singing the whole nine. Um, just kind of runs in our family. Um, you mentioned about how, how you could have changed a few things during the pandemic, and I was just speaking with a guest previous to you uh, to, this morning about that and, and how you know, a lot of people have kind of fallen into depression, fallen into certain aspects where, um, you know, that this pandemic's kind of affected them in that way. And I've taken it, while, while it, it's affected my life, I've kind of taken this opportunity to change yeah. and, and make things better. Um, I, I've had more, obviously, more of an opportunity to build and, and the platform of the show. I've had more opportunity to actually go meet people personally and, and get new guests and new guest interviews, meet different business owners. Um, what have you, what, what, besides, you know, trying to work on different things, what during the pandemic have you found you've been able to nurture and build on? So, like I said, the interviews for one, I actually had always wanted to do interviews, but never really figured out how I was going to do it. And it wasn't on my to-do list quite all, really, because mm -hmm. I had my solo cast and that's what I was focusing on. Yep. These interviews are my secondary series. My main one is the Omni-Content series. So I've been working on that and trying to get that out. But the interviews have been more consistent because I had the accountability for people. So since I had that motivation from the, my guests I was able to get it out more frequently and every week now I've been sending them out I only missed one week and that was because my internet went out and I literally yeah. couldn't I've, I've been fighting internet issues here we've had a company out here two or three times yeah so you get it and it's just, yep. that was the only reason why I failed to send anyone out and uh literally just all these different episodes like I said to you I've, I've done 56 interviews mm -hmm. but I've only released like 26 at this point yeah. 27 that's because yeah. I'm doing it weekly so now I have a backlog so I can mm -hmm. all I have to do is worry about editing getting it out boom and yeah. then focus on the other stuff that I'm doing as well yeah that's kind of where I'm at now I've, I've I, I started releasing a lot just as I did them day by day day by day sometimes I'd have three or four interviews and I just go you know what I'm going to release them today I want these people out there I want people to know them and, um, and that's kind of where I'm at now is I've got a backlog and I continue to have a backlog like we were discussing before the, uh, before I started recording, you know, it's just, I'm booked up through November, but I, I consistently, as we're sitting here, I have another screen just running all my editing and, and, and going through sound and, um, and it's great. It's, it's a great opportunity. Um, the most important thing, like we were discussing too, is I like to have, uh, I, I found the dynamic for me now on the show is to get people on like you get, get, get in here, get the guest in here. Let's talk about who you are. Let the audience know, and then focus on 
having you back at another time and really getting deeper into your logic, your, the things you're wanting to share with our audience or your audience. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's kind of where we, we've been going with things lately. Um, what is something that you, you, you think is really important you'd like to share, not just with my audience, but something you, you typically share with your audience? So I've been working on this personal poly innovation system based off of the poly innovator mm -hmm. namesake. And what I, created it for was to consolidate all the efforts that I've been working towards at this current point. So I look at self-education, self-development, self-improvement differently. And I think a lot of people see them as synonyms and think they all mean the same thing. But when you separate them and isolate them into these concise manners, mm -hmm. the self-education becomes that modular degree and a executable curated list or self-curated list usually of courses and books and audiobooks and just educational materials that you can pursue. That's the foundation. That's your learning. And then you have self-improvement, which are like your atomic habits by James Clear. Mm -hmm. Does the consistency of your habits and systems. And just okay. for example, at the beginning of quarantine, my, my system for working out relied on me working at my mm -hmm. recreation center where I teach swimming, personal right. training, all that. Having access to it. And yeah. part of it was just like, since I was there, I could just go work out. Mm -hmm. And so it was the convenience aspect that caused me to build that habit in that efficient way. But when I lost work at the beginning of the quarantine, I lost my workout habit for a couple of weeks. And even right. then barely kind of got it back on the roll, which you think mm -hmm. a personal trainer would be very yeah. good about going back. Yeah. So I empathize for those who can't, who yeah. aren't as quick. And sometimes and so, taking that break is actually good for us. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah. but the problem was I wanted to get back into it. Yeah. And get that habit going. Yeah. And so I know that if I had that situation, I know other people did too. I did. I did. Yeah. I, I just had surgery and I just went through oh. it. And and I'm I'm up at 5 a.m. and I work out for two hours till seven, and then I go from seven o'clock to work till whenever I get home. And uh, it affected me drastically having the surgery. I've been off work for three months and not able to use my arm and obviously not work out. If you can uh, get it wet at some point when it's finally healed enough so you can get it wet, the water has compression obviously part uh part of it too mm -hmm. so when you're in the water it compresses it so you can exercise more effectively in the water that's awesome that's so you awesome. try that that's something um, i will try yeah and then the self-development aspect which i do about this thing called the four pillars philosophy that i created where it's the mind body spirit and emotions when you focus on all those different areas it can get overwhelming but most people build them up one by one exercise for the body meditation for the mind and spirit and then emotional awareness that kind of thing and so kind of understanding those three areas. That's the personal file innovation system. That's what I try to leave with people. Okay, very cool. And, and what, is, uh, what, are those, what are those foundations uh, kind of entail? Just a brief summary maybe of each one. The system or the four pillars? The four pillars. Okay, so I often talk about how they're interconnected and how when you build up one pillar, it does end up helping the rest of them. When you build up your body, your mind's going to be a little bit more efficient. Correct. You're going to have more energy efficiency that way. If you build up your mind, you're going to have a stronger connection to your muscles, which are going to make it better for your workouts. Yeah. Uh, Arnold, uh, like Arnie, he's very prolific in this area. He mm -hmm. used to imagine the muscles mentally visualizing yes. them moving to the cells actually actuating. That is a mind body connection right mm -hmm. there. Those are those two pillars being really connected. And so a lot of people can visualize those two, but they forget about their emotions. They don't really realize the importance of spirituality. And I'm not, it could be religion, but it could also just be for atheists too. Spirituality right. is important. It's the bridge, I think, of the conscious mind and subconscious mind. So that building that sense. up. Yeah, that makes sense. And I, and I would agree 100%. I mean, uh, it, it totally coincides. 
if, if you're eating healthy, and I know this personally from training, and I know this personally from, you know, I really started my fit, my actual weight and, and, and training uh, about two years ago. And I know I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, doing things really wrong. I just love food. And, and so previous to two years ago, I was probably not eating close to the diet I am now. Um, but it's, it's, it definitely coincides with, uh, since I started working out on my fitness journey, my, my, I feel better. And because I feel better, I spend more time uh, with books. I spend more time with um, spending more time reading and, and just doing things with my mind. Um, at the same time, I, I can work and focus on myself spiritually. I can look in the mirror and, and kind of reflect on what I want to change, what I, what I want to see, how I want to be today. Um, and, and so the, I know those things always, they, they seem to, like you just said, they grow together. Um, if, if I wasn't eating right and, and working on my body, I probably wouldn't be mentally in the state I'm in to be able to do these other things better. Exactly. Um, or maybe not care about reading a book today where I could just go take a nap or something. Um, so uh, that, that, that definitely coincides. I can definitely see how that would be helpful um, to, to visualize it that way. Yeah. Well, and I also kind of like to think of it as a spiral. So what you said there, when one goes up, they all go up. It's kind of like an upward spiral. Mm -hmm. Problem is when one goes down, the other ones could go down too. So it's almost like a diamond in a way where part of it goes up, part of it goes down. You Mm -hmm. want to make sure that you don't go down too far and build yourself back up. Keeping a healthy balance, I guess, huh? Yes. It's a constant process. It sucks, but it's... What What are some things that, what are some things that you would tell just from past experience? What are some things maybe you struggled with? that maybe you could share with our audience that you overcame and you found a, just a unique way to overcome a struggle you've been through? Well, I was what's known as a hard gainer. So growing up, I don't know if it's because I was teaching in the pool, so I was with burning calories left and right, but I also was just always very scrawny. And so gaining weight was actually very hard because I had a high metabolism. I was exercising mm-hmm. profusely. And then on top of that, I didn't quite eat enough. And so I had to force feed myself a lot of the time in order to gain more weight. And sure, that sounds kind of bad, but I got to the goals that I wanted to go to. I got from 150 now to now I'm 180. Right. And mostly muscle. <laughs> Granted, yeah. quarantine changed Man, my diet I, a little I'm bit. I'm sitting at 205 <laughs> right now and I can't, I've, I've tried to get back down and I can't, I'm just stuck at 200, 25. But it was funny because like whenever I would raise up my arms, people would see very skinny and they wouldn't see the muscles. But over time, they would start to see like, hey, you actually have it there. Throughout mm-hmm. that whole time, I, if I flexed, sure, you could see the muscle. People would yep. be like, whoa, okay. But now that people can see it more, that aesthetics makes me feel better. It gives yep. me more confidence. And then more importantly, I can do more things. I can do monkey bars if I need to. I can climb out yeah. of a cage if I had to or something like right. that. Right. Yeah, it's, it's you know, and I, I growing up, I was always skinny. I was always a real scrawny kid myself. And it wasn't until, well, my wife, I met my wife and then she introduced me to Brahms ice cream. And somehow that just made me blow up eating ice cream, you know, nonstop. We'd watch a movie, I'd get some ice cream, you know. And so I slowly went from like 185 to 200 and then 210. And I I reached a point, like I said, about two years ago where I was like, I was like 210. I started just feeling really, my joints and everything was kind of aching. And I knew I was just carrying more weight than I was ever used to. And I was like, it's either I, I, if I keep going down this road, I end up 230, 250. And, and then you end up one of these guys that's like so big and you're wondering how you got to this point. So I was like, mm-hmm. enough's enough. And I started just really training hard, changed my diet, uh, exercising daily, uh, doing my same two hour workouts. I, I just don't get a, a good workout. You know, a lot of people are like, I'm going to go to the gym. They'll go for a half hour, an hour. 
I don't even get a pump on until I'm like two hours in and then I'm really, I beat myself up. But then when I shower, I go, I get ready, I go to work. I, I'm from seven o'clock on doing construction. I'm a general mm -hmm. contractor. And one day I could be swinging a, a sledgehammer or just demoing something, or the next day it could be something simple. But I find even with the two hour wearing my body out, working each muscle group uh, throughout the week and then still going to work for eight, 12 hours a day, uh, I feel better. It, mm -hmm. it makes me feel better after working those muscle groups, going to work. And even if I have to work them again at work. Um, so it's interesting you say that two hours is your time span. Um, usually that might mean we need to change something up. Not that I'm saying anything you're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. Don't like that. But this is the way my brain works. Like, okay, yep. let's see what we can do. Yeah. And so one thing I talk about a lot to all my students is these three variables of exercise. And that's one thing I plan to talk about in that next phase is these three variables. When you work out, you only change one at a time. And then mm -hmm. maybe once a month, you'll change two at a time. But that's kind of risky if you don't know what you're doing. But these three variables are as simple as speed, intensity, and volume. Mm -hmm. So I see a lot of people sticking to one and then not really changing from that. And so because of that, they get stagnant and they don't make as much progress. For example, mm -hmm. people do heavyweight, low reps. Yep. But when those heavyweight people start to do lightweight, they're like, oh, this is too easy. But they right. stop at the same amount of reps. If they yep. double, triple the amount of reps they normally do, they'll feel that pump much quicker because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, man, that hurts. Yep. And I've, see, I've seen it firsthand. Oh, yeah. And then the same thing, vice versa. I was always lightweight, high, uh, high, lightweight, high reps. Yep. And then I went to the other way around because I knew that's like, hey, yeah. screw that. You need to change it up. Go get yeah. heavier weights. Sometimes so, you got to just shock those muscles into, into realizing what's going on. Um, I do a lot of, obviously coming off surgery now, I just started back yeah. this week. So I'm doing all ligament and skeletal muscle workout. So I'm doing all tendon and just tightening things back up like I'm supposed to. Um, but, but I do, I do a lot of very lightweight. Uh, I work out with a lot of guys at the gym and I'm talking 250 pound beasts, just the guys with arms as big as my whole chest. And, uh, you know, these guys, they're just in there for the big weights. They don't, they, yeah. there's no, they don't lift anything other than big weights. You couldn't get them into an aerobic or cardio exercise if you wanted to. And, uh, you know, I got veins popping out as big as my arms, you know, and it's, uh, for me, I go in and I train, I train very middle to lightweight and I do high, high reps. Some of these guys are like, man, you're still doing reps. I'll do 20 reps on something sometimes, depending on the weight I'm using. Um, sometimes I'll drop down to 15 if it's just like my elbows and stuff, joints that I know I've, I've affected. Heavy right. weights, when I go heavy, it's very rare. And, and I, I try to focus on the same thing. I go heavy, but when I say heavy, I go heavy enough where it's controllable and manageable that I'm still doing more reps, just not 20 reps. Uh, you know, normal person would say I'm doing three, three sets of eight or three sets of 10, and I'll do 12 to 15 on what I consider a heavy set. Right. Um, I don't really do like a max out set like a lot of guys do. Yeah. I don't like max outs too much, but I will say that like 20 reps is mild for me. So to yeah. put it in perspective, I would bench 100 pounds 100 times. Right. And so that's, that's about 60% intensity for mm -hmm. me weight-wise and probably around 70% intensity rep-wise. Maybe yeah. 80 if ever going to be. You more get a lot, of, a lot of good blood flow and a lot of good circulation. You feel it really good mm -hmm. when you do a lot of reps. And I, I've even pushed, like, I think there's a couple exercise days where I've done even 30 and 40 in a set, mm -hmm. in a rep, reps in a set. And, and you just feel different. You feel better uh, when you get done doing it. You feel well, the muscle is working yeah. more. Definitely. And I, I don't necessarily push like a hundred or 50 to a hundred in one set. Right. I do it in multiple sets. Cause yep. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and let that lactic acid get to me. But uh -huh. like, uh, 
Yeah, no, but it's cool because it's one of those things where you go higher reps, it makes it more, ironically, those big, strong guys mm -hmm. should be doing more higher reps because they need those deep muscles more than they need the big muscles at yeah. that particular point. The old strongmen from like the 1920s yeah. in the circus, they did more calisthenics half the time than they did heavy weights. Yeah. They had to for balance and coordination and strength. If, if they would lift one of those big, heavy bars above their head. Yeah. They need to stabilization muscles for that. It's not right. power muscles. Which and is so what I'm were, focusing on this whole week. Yeah, that's exactly. what I've been doing. Yeah, exactly. But you need to for the arm, especially. Yep. And um, that's what I was thinking. Like even the big, strong guys, the guys you see who are kind of like Arnie, they mm -hmm. need to have those basic calisthenics and lightweight reps to counteract too much power exercises. Yeah. My father was a, he was a Navy SEAL. Um, he went through Vietnam and, and uh, he was, uh, to the day he died, he got, he ended up getting murdered, but, but to the day he died, his legs were as big as my waist. I mean, and he swam even, even when he got older, he swam this guy, we'd go down to Deerfield beach or down in Miami or outside of Tampa, we go to Clearwater and my dad would swim miles. Mm. And I mean, miles, you, he'd disappear. You'd go to the beach, set your towel down. Dad would get the water. He's gone. And, and he'd swim the whole entire beach line and he'd swim all the way back. And, and then he'd just show up after an hour or so. And, but that guy's legs were so big. Uh, but my dad was a firm believer when I was a teenager, you know, I was training and, and, and growing up going through martial arts and different stuff I trained in. And, and my dad would laugh and he was just like, really? Like you're, you're doing, you're lifting weights. Like why? You know, he, he was a firm believer in push-ups, sit-ups, calisthenic exercises, um, cardio. He, he just, he, he, that was how he was trained. It's what made him who he was. And he was like, he, he did not believe in, if you would never catch him lifting a weight. That was just his thing. Like if you lifted weights, you were an idiot. And I was always like, you know, well, you can look at different things, dad. And he was an old school guy. So he was set in his ways, you know, it was just, this is how it is. Yeah. This is what worked for me. But, but man, he, you know, that guy could sit there. My dad could sit there and do, you know, a hundred pushups without even breaking a sweat. And, yeah. and his legs, he could squat. I, I, we, we, this is a true story. I, I, we literally got, he had an old Cadillac, like a 1979 big boat Cadillac. And we got a flat tire one time driving from Tampa to Miami. And there was no jack in the car. I mean, my brother are like, what the heck are we doing? Uh, let's call AAA or something. And he's like, nah, I got it. You know, and he pulls the skirt. It's Cadillacs with the old vet, the rear tire skirt. We pull the skirt off. We lo loosen the lug nuts. And my dad literally grabs the back fender and gets, gets a good grip on it. And he physically just squats up the car and yells, cusses at my brother, get that tire off of there. Get that thing changed now. And he holds the car while we literally undo the lug nuts, change the, get the tire, change the new one on, put the lug nuts on, tighten them up. And then he drops the car back down, and, you know, probably in a matter of a minute, uh, two minutes or so, but yeah. it was still like, this guy just lifted a freaking Cadillac. He just right. squatted a Cadillac. Um, and while it wasn't off the ground, it was just still something where even to this day, like I could go try it on a car and it's, I'm not getting the same effect that man did. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's amazing how strong uh, you can be without doing certain things. And, and the calisthenics definitely help with the overall. It, it, to me, it helps you prevent injury uh, yep. when you're getting those, those, real, those, those skeletal muscles and all those really in, in good shape. Uh, you see these bigger guys and you see them with a lot of, out of the gym a lot with injuries. Um, my son does jujitsu. We go to his classes a lot and you'll see some of the bigger guys in there. They're just getting whooped up on because some of these more limber, smaller guys that train more calisthenics or just train strictly jujitsu. Uh, these guys with big muscles just can't, they're just not flexible. They're just not fast enough. And they, they, they tap a lot quicker because the muscles, uh, the skeletal muscles are not 
as conditioned. Yeah. Uh, yep. As not as conditioned. And so it's very interesting to see the different, different levels, you know, where people go. Um, well, and it's interesting too, that like you can build big muscles with calisthenics if you do yes. it a certain ways too. Yeah. And, I, and I've seen tons of guys that straight out of the military and that's all they do. They do the military workouts that they've been, done the whole time they were in, in the military and service and they get out and they keep doing it. And they're just in the best shape. You look at them and you're like, man, I wonder what that guy benches. And the guy's like, I don't even lift weights. Like I just, yeah. I do my pull-ups, I do my push-ups, I run, I jump, jump and jacks and stuff. And it's, it is, it's amazing. Um, you know, fitness, fitness has become a real journey. And I, you know, I've always, I boxed for many years. I boxed for about eight years solid. Um, I, I was always a fighter growing up. I was, I was that kid. If you told me I couldn't do it, I'd do it. So I, I always put myself through. I raced, I crashed cars, motorcycles. Um, it, but, but I never really took a ser- took fitness serious until like two years ago where I was like, okay, now I'm getting older. I need to look at how, what I'm eating, what I'm taking in. I also need to look at what I can do to change. Uh, you know, the aging doesn't stop. So it's mm-hmm. like, at this point, I'm 44 years old. What do I want to do? Do I want to just be heavy, overbe- uh, you know, obese and just kind of dying? Or do I want to actually die with some dignity and be in shape at the right. same time? Uh, so I kind of jumped on that journey about two years ago and took it a lot more serious. That's good. Uh, I, I trained a lot of clients who are in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, mm-hmm. and they didn't take it as seriously. And one thing I always have learned from watching all these people over the years at my work is that my opinion is you should change your workout dramatically every 10 years. And that's kind right. of taking it conservatively, maybe even five years. Where yeah. you, if, you're, if you're doing a ton of weights for five years, great. Then do jujitsu after that. Do yeah, swimming, change it do water aerobics, do uh, Zumba. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yoga. Yoga would be yeah. really good. I, I think... I don't know if my next phase of exercise is going to be this or not, maybe down the line, but I do think I need to do yoga, like seriously right. do yoga. Cause I need to get more flexible. I need more flexibility and um, relaxation in my muscles. Yeah. I don't relax. I took a Tai Chi class and uh, it was an amazing teacher, but I felt my whole body just sink in and relax. Yeah. And it's cause I, I'm always constantly tense. It's like, yep. okay, that's a, that's an issue that I need to change. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always go, go, go just nonstop. Mm-hmm. And, um, my wife even tells me I got to shut down, slow down. And I, I just don't, I, I'm just hundred percent go from the time I get up, you know, I'm not one of these people that will take a nap. I'm just, I wake up and I work till I'm tired and go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just how it is, but it's interesting. You mentioned that, um, my, one of my exes was a yoga instructor and, um, she really good taught her own, did personal lessons as well. Um, uh, she, she was certified really young and, and she just, she was really good at it. And, and she always invited me to go to her classes. And of course me growing up, I mean, I was your typical stereotypical male, you know, uh, guy and, and tough and, and just have that whole ego. And, um, I'm glad I've changed a lot these days, but, but it, back then I was just that, that rough tug, you know, tough, rugged guy, a box. I didn't, you know, yoga, what's that? And she's like, come to one of my classes. And if you can make it through, you know, she teased me about it. Can you, if you can make it through one of my yoga classes for an hour, uh, we will, you know, we'll see if, if you're tough. And I went in there and I mean, I, and I was in pretty good shape when we were dating in it, but it was like, I went to that first class and I was like, holy crap. I was like halfway through the class. There's women on either side of me just doing all these weird poses and, and, and holding them. And, and I'm sitting here falling over and, 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 you know, she's trying to hold back laughing and, yeah. Uh, it was, you know, it, it, at the same time as it was embarrassing, it was like, I, it really showed me like, you're not, you're working things you've never worked. And that's why you're suffering right now. Yeah. And, and while I got through it, I, I, I did go to several other ones that, that she taught after that while we dated. 
And um, I got better at it and I got more flexible about, you know, and started stretching and stuff like that. And I started doing it on my own, even after we, we split up because I realized how healthy it was. And even like this surgery I just had was for my ulnar nerve to be relo relocated and the carpal tunnel. And mm -hmm. one of my, my surgeon at the same time was explaining to me different stretches for the ulnar nerve that, that even under my circumstances with the damage I have, he said, people should just be doing it, period. Uh, mm -hmm. to stretch that nerve because you don't realize even, especially working out weights and stuff, um, when you tense these muscles up, how much these nerves tighten up over the years. And eventually, if you don't stretch them enough, that's how they're susceptible to injury. Um, and what happened with me, I was losing feeling in this hand. So oh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you had to relocate it. And, and luckily, I'm gain, I've gained some feeling back in my hands again. But yeah. you know, after 26 years, 27 years now of construction, I mean, it, it took a toll on just my body plus boxing, both my hands have it, you know, the next year I'll probably have to do this arm. Uh, it's just, you know, that's the damage you do tearing your body up, you know, but, yeah. but it's interesting because yoga was one of those things I always thought like, oh man, what do you, you know, you're, you're doing poses, you're meditating, you're whatever you're doing. And man, I went to that class and it whooped me. It totally yeah. whooped me. Well, they call that in yoga, the beginner's mind, where you, you realize how little you know, and so mm -hmm. it makes you more engaged and inclined to do it. And plenty of yoga instructors actually have to reevaluate themselves because they get too confident. And they're like, I know this really well, but then they realize there's more that they, they can learn. There's always more you can learn. And uh, same thing goes for my water bus class. People think, oh, what are you doing? Just walking around, wadding your hands. It's like, no, water is a strong resistance. Yeah. Even without weights that we have or noodles or other tools mm -hmm. that we have, because I get creative with some of the tools. Right. We'll have these little flotation balls, which can be hell. Um, hell, even like little water squirters. Yeah. You would like play with. You put yeah. it underwater and you start opening and closing with your hands and wrists straight, opening yeah. and closing, tensing up the forearms. Mm -hmm. It's really tough for any strength level. And so... Uh, of people coming in who are super cocky and they just get utterly destroyed. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's interesting. And then, like you said about Tai Chi and stuff like that, uh, you know, obviously, I, like I mentioned before, I mean, I've done a lot of martial arts. I've never really mastered any of them. I don't think you really ever do. Um, but I, I've, I've definitely trained a lot in different martial arts and uh, Tai Chi is one I took for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. I took that at the same time I took karate. And I was so frustrated with, with my karate instructor at that time is why I took the Tai Chi. Uh, it was his suggestion because I, I started doing the karate expecting to what I was learning and other stuff was, was the, the like Taekwondo. I was learning kicking and I was learning different stuff. Ninjutsu, I was learning a lot of weaponry. Um, and and what, I, what I found was that um, I was not learning to fight and that's what I I was like I'm gonna go do karate I'm gonna be badass I'm gonna learn to kick I'm gonna learn that art and I got in there and it was breathing and it was you know the first thing they started teaching us is breathing how to how to breathe uh in general and then how to breathe when you're in a, a confrontational situation when you're fighting where you're, where you're breathing to take an impact and breathing when you're being on an offensive and and I got you know we did that for like the first couple of weeks and I was just like I hated the guy and I, and I finally went to him after a class and I said dude when are we gonna punch something when are we going to kick something? When are we going to, you know, what are we doing here? And he's like, well, first you got to learn how to breathe in order to do the techniques properly. He goes, I would recommend you do a Tai Chi class. And I'm like, why? I'm, if I'm going to learn breathing here, he said, because you need to learn patience. And that's when I, I started taking that Tai Chi class. And it not only helped me with breathing and flexibility and stretching and movement, but I did actually pick up some patience and I was young. I've never, you know, patience was not my thing when I was young. So it was cool that I went and took it and I learned what the guy, you know, he was wanting me to learn some patience and I really did. Uh, so I was able right. to come back. And by that time, by the time I did come back, I was able to actually 
you know, enjoy the class. And then we got to a point where we were learning, you know, basic techniques and stuff. So, um, you know, you really got to be open-minded with everything. Um, really do. Yeah. yeah. Well, and breathing is important for most things too, even for my waterless class, or I call it aqua strength. I focus more on strength training. I do a lot of breathing and mm -hmm. we do balance, for example. And if you don't control your breathing, it's going to make you fall over. Yep. And there's plenty of times where I'm falling over because I'm either low on calories or low on sugar and I'm just getting kind of uh, like lightheaded and I yeah. have to breathe to just keep drained, myself yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry if the alarm's going off. There. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. So essentially speaking too, I also work on marketing as well. Omnichannel marketing. That's one of my main series is okay. I was thinking about that. Cause I was looking up your podcast and I was like, okay, cool. Let's check out his stuff. And it was kind of hard to find something. So I was like, okay, yeah. where's his website? Which one is it? Like the, the coordination of your brand. I was like, well, yeah. how do I understand it? And so it's just one of those things that always interests me that way. Yeah. And the thing with, that's the thing with two party podcast is, you know, I started off as this, it started as a hobby and, and I really was more like, you know, I'm not trying to market this as, as anything more than just my hobby, just reaching out to a few people. I've got, you know, several hundred friends down in Florida that I grew up with, several hundred friends out in Oregon and Washington, California, and I've got some friends overseas. And I was like, you know, that's, that's really my, my focus here is just trying to, I want to be personal with them. Whereas it's, it's easier for me to, to, do, to do a podcast type show to talk to them versus me having to call each one of them all the time. And that way I'm kind of, I'm able to present myself in the conversation with them overall and talk about topics we enjoy. And uh, so it all started off that way. And then people were like, you know, the more I started reading into podcasts and, you know, people pick a focus, they pick a, they pick a topic. Okay. This is the, this is what my show's about. And I said, I don't want that because I, yeah. that's not who I am. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a solid topic focused type person. I'll discuss anything with anybody from any culture, from any background. Um, I've, I've, if I haven't lived it or experienced it, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, I, I have some knowledge of it. So when I started doing it, I was like, you know, I started doing news breakdowns. I started doing a little bit of politics, which I, which I get involved with being older. I, I work the election board. So I, I, up here, I'm an inspector. So I kind of like, I, I, that's part of my life anyhow. So I was like, I'll get into some of that stuff too. Um, but, but more and more, what's important to me these days is self-help and stuff like that and, and helping other people. Um, and mainly, I, you know, for years, I've done business promotion and marketing uh, locally. Uh, and so that's one of the things, event coordinating and stuff like that. But uh, you know, as far as marketing the, the podcast, I haven't really even up until about probably two, three weeks ago, I haven't really put a push on it. Um, I, I literally, I, I posted on my personal page. Um, I, I did a screenshot and posted on my personal page about one of the videos I did reached 36,000 people. And I thought that was like, dude, whoa, like I'm looking at all my other ones and I'm like, you know, we got 18 here, 19, 20, 30. Right. Uh, this one had 36,000 views. And I'm like, and that's just like on our Facebook page and I'm going, how in the heck did I do 36,000 views? And, and that's when I was like, I better start marketing this. You know, I better start I like putting it out there. If I'm, if I'm engaging an audience that, that that's that big, that wants to see me or hear me talk or blab on, maybe that's what I need to do. And uh, so I did, I started about two weeks ago, really kind of marketing. And it's not my, you know, while I do event coordination and stuff like that, uh, marketing is not my forte. I've never really mm -hmm. been big on the internet marketing and the tech stuff. Um, I have a computer engineer's degree, but it's mainly focuses on- That's different though, yeah. Correct, totally different. I can, I can build you a computer top to bottom. I can strip it, break it down. I can fix anything you want to hand me electronically, but that doesn't help me market something online. Um, yeah. And with all my businesses I've built from the ground up, I've kind of had help with that. I usually hire somebody out to do that. Well, I built my computer that I'm using right now too. There you it's go. It's interesting that- um, 
you mentioned how you didn't want to niche down. Everyone always says you got to niche down, pick one mm-hmm. thing, pick one thing. And I disagree with that too, because part of that comes down to the polymath. Like my niche technically is polymathy. And that's because I settled to have that niche so people could be like, okay, fine. He's about polymathy. Problem is polymathy means multidisciplinary. Right. And so my sub niches can be as varied as I want it to be. And I think that's kind of my caveat, my excuse that I can mm-hmm. use for it. And so that for you too, you want to have that kind of divergent topic list and that's good. Yeah, I, I, you know, and the other thing is I, I enjoy good talk. I enjoy good discussion and I like engaging and building relationships with other people. So that's why I didn't want to limit myself. I want to be able to have somebody, uh, you know, like you on here that's got the intelligence and, and the savvy in, in your fields and in, in business and technology and all the things you do. But I also want to have even even somebody who maybe is 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 just a guy I meet uh, at, at the, the fast food joint, you know, who I want to say, hey, I have a podcast show. You want to be on it mm-hmm. and him just come on and tell his story. And he may not have a talent. His talent may just be, you know, uh, he goes to work nine to five. But that's right. why I wanted it like that. And I also did the dynamic of the show really mainly to be unfiltered. So I don't want somebody to come on and be like, I've got to watch my language or I've got to watch this or I've got I want them to be able to come on and be themselves. Uh, right. Cause I like my audience to hear per- how people are personally. I don't, I, you know, it, it'd be great to have more celebrities on, but I don't yeah. want a celebrity on with his publicist to tell him this is what it is and hand me five questions and say, this is what we're going to do. Right. Um, I don't like I, that either. Yeah. I saw, I like the dynamic of just being unfiltered. Uh, I, I mostly, if you look at a lot of my stuff, I don't even, I do very minimal editing. So in other words, I, I don't mind my audience knowing my bloopers. I don't mind them hearing, you know, one, two, three, take. I don't, you know, all this stuff where people yeah. edit out, throw in an intro, throw out the outro. Um, those are things I'm not, you know, I could spend more time having the relationship and the conversation versus focusing on me spending another hour editing stuff like I do anyhow, you know, yeah. on other things that I, other projects I have. So that's what, where I wanted to go with the show. And, get, and then that gives you the, it gives you the guest and it gives the audience the platform to not just hear good content, but actually get to know the guests. They, they, yeah. they, can, they can see who the guest is on a personal level versus just a staged or scripted. Are you uploading the video too or just the audio? I just started doing video on, we, we, I've had the YouTube page. I, I don't really mess with it. I did some test videos. If you go and look at it, you'll see there's all kinds of like, I got my Baja Bug project on there and some of my business stuff for my, my time work delivery fine, business. Yeah. Yeah, so I threw some content just playing with the, uh, just basically the metadata and just trying to figure out ways to market the video on there. Um, And then just recently I started uploading video to it uh, of all the interviews. And I'm not, again, I'm not editing really anything. I'm I'm literally taking a Zoom uh, meeting and I'm putting it on there and then just describing it, Uh, Mm -hmm. giving their links, giving their descriptions, uh, linking everybody to them on the YouTube. So, you know, obviously in the infant mode of it, hopefully in the future, I could get it built up a little better. Um, but, but the really, yeah, but in the beginning, it wasn't the YouTube wasn't the target in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's always been the audio. Um, because at the end of the day, there's not a lot, you know, the people that have time to sit and watch the video, um, are, are not the people that probably I want to get numbers up in audience. You know, if I want to get a bunch of people listening, they're going to hear it on audio more than they're going to come sit at a computer all day. But the problem is discovery. Some mm-hmm. people who want to hear it through audio will probably find you more through video. Through video. So like Lewis Howes is a famous podcaster. He mm-hmm. grew his podcast listening because of his YouTube channel. Right. That was the biggest thing. So people, when he started doing that, people are like, why are you doing these videos? You should focus just purely on the audio yeah. and you're wasting your time, wasting your focus. But it was because of that, his YouTube channel that he grew like, 60% more right. of an audience. It was crazy. Yeah. And I, and I was just reading about that. It's funny. I was the book I was reading and I was just reading about that, um, that the video is what's going to market the best. Uh, people nowadays want to see video before anything, and they're more likely to share video. 
-hmm. And I was like, well, that's interesting because I haven't really focused on that. Um, and so that's why like the past couple of weeks, I've kind of been starting to upload a little more, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and learning the, you know, learning the metadata, you know, back when I was younger and I was going through doing websites in like, say the early 2000s and 90, you know, end of 99, yeah. that era, um, you know, everything was, was search tags, you know, everything was keywords and stuff. And now, you know, keywords don't really mean a whole lot. They do, but they don't. Yeah. And so with, with your SEO and stuff. So it's now I'm, it's kind of a learning curve for me trying to figure out how to get everything marketed. Like YouTube's a whole different format and then getting things on Google. It's a whole different format than when it used to be when you could literally, right. I could type in a perfect keyword and my website would be number one every time. And yeah. then the next week somebody would beat mine and then I would change my keyword and I'd be right on top again. And that's how it used to be. Whereas now you really got to play the, play the game. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So before we, I guess we wrap up, because I think you said you had something after this too. Do yep. you have any more questions for me? Um, really, I think it, let, let me get some information. Let the audience get some information on where they can find more information about you and about some of the things we just discussed. And, um, and let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. So for one, I do this now page concept, which is from Derek Severs, an author, where he talks about what he's doing now this month. And I think it's a very fascinating thing. I just released a vlog and a new page update. You can find that update and everything else I do on my website, polyinnovator.space, as well as I'm on pretty much every social platform at polyinnovator. So you can always reach out to me on those. And yeah, that's about it. Perfect. And like I said, I'd like to get you on later and we'll, we'll go deeper into some of the stuff that you do and some of the things you discuss on that website. Um, for sure. So it's been good having you on here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You have a great day. You too. All right. Hey guys, Dean with the two party podcast. I just wanted to share uh, one of the platforms we use uh, for our podcast. Uh, it's called anchor. Uh, it is a free platform. They have creation tools that allow you to record, edit uh, your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Um, Anchor will distribute your podcast on all the major platforms, Spotify, Apple, uh, most, most all the platforms that you want to reach, you can, you can reach through Anchor. So I encourage you guys to go check it out. Um, again, it's free and it's called Anchor. Have a great day.